By building a platform to share challenges, network, and thoughts from leaders, the LabOps Leadership Podcast is elevating LabOps professionals as well as the industry as a whole. With the intent of unlocking the power of LabOps, we deliver unique insights to execute the mission at hand, standardize the practice of LabOps, their development, and training. Welcome to the LabOps Leadership Podcast. Welcome to the LabOps Leadership Podcast. I'm Carrie Anderson. I'll be your co-host for today, and I am the co-founder of the LabOps uh, Unite group. Awesome. Thanks, Carrie. So today we're so excited to have Namish Gera with us. He's the Vice President of Biologics at Mythic Therapeutics, um, and we're just really excited for this conversation. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Welcome, Namish. Thank you, Samantha and Carrie, for inviting me. Awesome. So um, first, first thing we want to know is just like who you are. So can you give us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, just like you mentioned, I'm the vice president of biologics at Mythic Therapeutics. We're a small startup company based in the Waltham area in Massachusetts, and we're focused on making cancer biologics. Uh, I've been with the company for about five years. My background is mostly in uh, antibody engineering, and I'm a chemical engineer by training. I've been in the industry for many years, mostly working on cancer therapeutics, but I've also worked on some rare diseases in the past. And, you know, I have a PhD in chemical and biomolecular engineering, was always interested in the sciences. And, and during my PhD work, I got really interested in the translational part of everything. So making medicines that would help patients. And that is what brought me to the biotechnology, biopharma industry. And I've been in it for several years now. Yeah, go pack, by the way. Uh, I also <laughs> went to NC State, so I have to throw oh, that in there. <laughs> yeah, um, love love Raleigh. It's a great area. It's a great school. So I know um, your foundation is strong there. Um, so that's amazing. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about, you know, what you're doing at Mythic, Mythic now in terms of the science and, and what's the really cool parts about it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So um, Mythic is a company that I joined five years ago. I was actually the first employee and the scientific co-founder of this company. So I, uh, as I mentioned, the company's focused on cancer medicines. And what I do here is I manage a group that works on discovering those medicines. And what's unique about Mythic's medicines is that um, in cancer, as you know, chemotherapy is, is used for a lot of treatment. And uh, what Mythic does is we try to combine that chemotherapy with another molecule, which is called an antibody. The antibody allows us to target chemotherapy to a certain place in the human body. So we want to minimize any toxicities. We wanted the drug to go where it's supposed to go and kill only the cells that it's supposed to kill. So what Mythic does is making sure that this molecule can deliver more to the tumor and kill the tumor and not affect the normal tissues. And that's our, our major uh, technology here. Uh, we are very focused on cancer, but we are agnostic to the type of cancer. So some of our lead molecules are in lung cancer, but we're also looking at many other types of cancer. So that's the work that, that Mythic does. Um, we are uh, currently working on a number of different programs in, in many different cancers, and I'm very, very excited about these molecules moving forward and helping patients and uh, helping potentially cure some of the cancer there. 
That's great. I, I think it's fascinating that your background is in mechanical engineering because that's something that's very different that we don't see in this industry often. Um, how do you think it helps with you know enabling the drug development and contributes to the drugs that you're producing? Yeah, I, I just want to clarify. Maybe I wasn't clear before. I'm uh, my background is in chemical engineering. Okay, chemical. But engineering. yes, yes. But uh, I think it does help. So I'm. I would say I'm one of the few chemical engineers that stayed in research. A lot of the chemical engineers end up in process development where you manufacture the molecule and how you scale it up, how you make large quantities of it. But uh, at NC State, I was fortunate that our department not only worked in the traditional chemical engineering areas, but also worked on the interface of chemical engineering and biotechnology, where I got the chance to work with a professor that was more focused in the biotechnology and biomolecular sciences field. So along with my training in chemical engineering, I also learned a lot about biotechnology and biology and how that interfaces with chemical engineering. And I, I, I got sucked into that in my career, and that's sort of where I went. Um, but I'm still very much in sync with what happens with our CMC folks, where we manufacture the drug. I think that the background that I have sort of has brought um, the the understanding that we always need to focus on making drugs that can also be scaled up into large amounts and then be distributed to the to the patients. So I try to bring that in my work uh, as I uh, work to discover these cancer medicines as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great that it gives you that insight. Great. Yeah, so cool. Um, I think that, um, you know, having both sides of the equation is really unique. And I think from a, you know, an engineering standpoint, um, I think being somebody who's working in the lab, that's a really unique um, experience. And so, you know, I I'm just curious how, closely you work with scientists and how closely you work with everybody in the lab and you know how do the different team members that you work with help um in the science because obviously you're taking a very broad view um but there's a lot of key people that go into making the science successful yeah so i basically cited my I started my career as a lab scientist. So I was working in the lab myself. Uh, even when I started at Mythic for the first year or so, I was working in the lab. And all of my team works in the lab. So I very closely work with them. Um, I would say because this is a lab ops podcast, for the first few years, I was also sort of helping on the lab ops side to manage that part of the lab. Uh, now we have a full-time person who helps us with the lab operations. But I work very closely with... Uh, uh, folks to help design their experiments, to help analyze their data, to help troubleshoot any issues that they would see in their experiments, and also to discuss the relevance of those experiments in the larger picture of what that would mean for a patient. So I, I do very closely work with all the scientists and also um, have a, a big role on the operations side, working with our lab manager, making sure that everything uh, sort of moves smoothly, especially, you know, during the last two years in the pandemic, it's been quite difficult to make sure that we get the resources that we need from a supply chain perspective because things have been so difficult to grab. I mean, it's it's not just things that you find in the store. It's also all the lab supplies have been very difficult to get because, uh, you know, uh, Understandably, a lot of resources have gone through the COVID-19 testing and the COVID-19-based therapies and, and some of those uh, 
industries have gotten um, priority over uh, other other works as well. So now I think we're starting to catch up with some of those supply chain issues and, and getting better. But um, I, I'm I'm staying right on top of a lot of these things and working very closely with the lab folks on these. That's great to hear you're working closely with the lab operations uh, team. I mean, I think it's something that we need and is really important for moving science along um, to be able to have, you know, the scientists working directly with the lab ops folks and making sure it's not too siloed and that there's good communication there. Um, having, you know, done lab ops a little bit yourself as a scientist and also now working with the team. What's something you've seen that lab operations does that can help enable drugs to be made and produced faster? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I have realized having done it myself and also working with the team right now that it's a critical part of uh, what we do on a daily basis. I mean, operations um, not only make sure that we have the resources that we need to do these critical experiments, but also at the same time, the equipment that we use is working. And if you're doing anything to ship the material to a partner or ship the material to another lab that uh, is going to be working with our molecule, that's important. Making sure how much of the molecule we have in stock and how much we need to make more to support our future studies is also very important. So, I mean, I would say it is, it appears to be an ancillary thing that supports research, but it very much is part of our day-to-day -day, uh, function on how we operate as a company and how we operate even as an industry, because I think it is so important to make sure that all those pieces are, are there. And like I mentioned before, you know, it couldn't have been more clear uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic how important it was to make sure that the lab scientists had what they needed in the critical time. So I think it, it plays a key role on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, can I follow up with one question on that? So, you know, COVID was was one challenge and we saw, you know, especially with supply chain. So now we might be in a different period, right? And there's maybe like an economic recession going on. So um, I think in this time, like lab operations is especially important for a different reason, maybe. And that's like for efficiency and making sure that your, your cost is in control in the lab. So can you speak? Have like have you noticed anything with that in in your labs recently because of the macroeconomic situation? Yeah, I mean, I would say that's something that has always been important at Mythic. Uh, we, you know, being a small startup company, we want to use our cash judiciously. So we've always kept that in mind. We've looked at a number of different vendors when selecting who to go with and from time to time, make sure that we are getting the best price in the market. And we're trying to save what we can for our research because you know um, it's not like we can't spend the money. Yes, we can, but then what could we redirect that saving towards? Uh, could we redirect it towards buying more of the reagents that we need that would enable us to do more critical experiments. And uh, we always keep that in mind. I think we continue to monitor the market conditions and see how things are changing. Sometimes there are some vendors that have a larger stock and might be able to provide the same uh, supplies at a lower price compared to something else. I mean, we also um, keep an eye on, you know, 
unfortunately, there are a lot of companies that uh, aren't able to continue because of funding reasons or, or, or something else. And and we keep an eye out on that. And, and sometimes we get some supplies or, or some reagents from them because they're not going to be in the building anymore or they're going to be moving to a different building and they can't take everything with them there. And sometimes for these lab reagents, shipping them is more expensive than actually buying them because of the, the hazardous nature of those uh, those materials. So we keep an eye on all of that and, and try to uh, make it more efficient uh, for us and also for them and also for the environment. <laughs> we want to use them uh, judiciously and, and make sure that we don't uh, keep ordering the same thing again and again when we can get it from a different source uh, and fulfill our needs. Yeah, that's great to hear because I think that's something people often don't think about is the waste that's produced in the science that we're doing. And so it's good to hear people are thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a critical piece of it. I think we're still, uh, as an industry, we still need to figure out a way to minimize on the plastic waste that we generate. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of that is still critical and important, and and folks are trying to find ways to do that, but it's 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 difficult. Uh, we try to recycle where we can. Uh, we have vendors that have worked in the past that would pick up uh, specific ways related to their brands. <laughs> so uh, we've been able to recycle things that way as well. Yeah, it's good to hear. It's something I hope to see in the coming years that we uh, make more improvements in that area. Uh, so what's something I'm curious about? What's your biggest lesson you've learned in your career? Um, and what's advice that you have to offer to our listeners? Wow, that's a great, great question. Um, I would say uh, overall, it's for me, the most important learning has been the people that I work with. It is so important to make sure that you work with the right people, that you like to go into work every day to meet with those people. I mean, as many of us say, you know, we spend more time at work uh, sometimes than we spend at home. And it's so important to to work with the right team, to work with the right people. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I do that at Mythic and I really love coming to work uh, every single day. Um, and on top of that, I also get to work on cool technologies that hopefully will help patients someday and and be better than some of the drugs that are out there. So uh, that will be my advice. I mean, I would say work with the right people, always have a learning mindset, make sure you continue to learn from everyone around you and continue to value the contributions of people that are around you. Uh, that that would be my my biggest learning. I think that's some um, really solid advice. I think, um, you know, having a people first approach is always a, a good thing. And especially that's great to hear, like coming from a, a leader as well, because um, I think especially in lab ops, uh, people tend to feel like, you know, maybe they're like stuck in the lab and don't, you know, it's it's a new career path, right? Especially for like dedicated lab ops professionals. And so they do need that advice and they do need to to learn and expand and, and grow. And so I think it's just good advice. And it's, it's nice to know that, you know, leaders in different organizations have that as a priority as well. So... Um, yeah, so I guess, um, Carrie, do you have any other things that you want to pick Namisha's brain about? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm loving everything we've covered so far. I guess I'm wondering, is there anything we haven't covered that you would want to talk about or anything else going on at your company that's exciting that we should look forward to seeing? 
I mean, I think I was just going to talk a little bit more about what Samantha was saying around lab ops mm-hmm. being a new career path. Uh, I think, like I said, you know, I've worked with a lot of small companies and I also was the first student of my advisor in my PhD program at NC State. So I pretty much uh, did part of the lab ops job, setting up the lab and helping making sure that we have all those resources. And I think I've, I've also grown to appreciate that a lot, having done that myself. And it is so critical to do that. I also think for us leaders, it's important to make sure that the lab ops uh, personnel continue to be involved and be aware of the research that scientists are doing and the research that they are impacting. Because I think that that really gives them the the reason for why they're supporting all of the what they're supporting. And I think it's it's our responsibility as leaders to make sure that this uh, new new field or, or new group of people who are uh, taking this career path are motivated and understand the value of the work that they do. So I think, um, like you said, Samantha, sometimes they're lost, but I, I think just as important it is for, for them to, uh, you know, keep themselves motivated and, and stay on track. It's also a responsibility for leaders to make sure that we continue to support um, this crop of uh, people who, who really are are the foundation for the scientific work that we do on a day-to-day basis. So those would be my, my last words for the lab ops community. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree lovely. with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was just gonna say, I, I know for me when I was just starting out, you know, I also came from the bench. I worked as a chemist and then transitioned to lab ops. And it, it is something that when you understand your why and when you're more involved with the research and you really know what's going on, you are more motivated. Um, and, you know, I, I feel just as a part of getting our drugs to market and helping our patients because I do understand what we're doing. Um, and I always tell members of my team, it's, you know, to know your why because it's, it's your motivation. Um, and even then it can help with you understanding maybe how to improve a process. If you don't really know what you're doing, maybe there's a better way to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, I I love that. I think that um, you guys are are both like leaders in your in your space, and I think that um, you know that the mindset is is so important. And I it's just like really encouraging to hear that you know people are thinking about it, and that you know. I think even since I've been involved with lab ops, I think there's been a lot of strides made. So I think, you know, the next year, the next five years, is going to be really exciting time for the field. And, um, you know, we're, we're all be a part of it. So I think that's incredible. Um, okay. I mean, so uh, the last question I have for you is just um, if people want to keep up with you and keep up with your science, keep up with what you're doing, how can they find you after this podcast episode? Um, how can they keep up with you? Yeah, so um, I would say you can connect with me on LinkedIn, for sure. Uh, I do host, I'm a guest host for some of the uh, podcast episodes on the chain, which is a protein engineering podcast by Cambridge Health Tech Institute. So if you looked up the chain podcast online, you'll probably find a couple episodes from me. Uh, but I'm also always uh, ready to network and, and help folks if they want to get advice or or want to know more about my career or want to know more about what we do. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'll be happy to help out there. Awesome. So uh, listeners, you heard it here. Reach out to Namish. She's really willing to uh, connect with you guys. So 
get ready. I'm sure your inbox is going to be full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited but, for this podcast. We'll have to check it out. Yeah, there, we don't get many people who have actually been on a podcast before. So it's really exciting, actually. <laughs> Um, but no, thank you so much. Um, we, uh, wish you the best and, um, thank you again so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I really had a fun time talking to both of you. Awesome. Thanks, Amish. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the LabOps Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's guests. For show notes, resources, and more information about LabOps Unite, please visit us at labops.community slash podcast. This show is powered by Elemental Machines.